is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. All right, we are still in the honeymoon phase with the rookies. Still a lot of fantasy value to decipher after the NFL draft. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Today. I am Adam Azer. Joined by Dave Richard and Jamie Eisenberg, and yesterday, or on our last show, excuse me, we got the uh, perspective from Nick Costos. Today we get it from Heath Cummings. Welcome back, Heath. Yeah, I was curious, after the last podcast, which I really wish I could have been on, but I started getting a lot of tweets about the podcast and my beard. What's that about? I don't know, that's probably a Jamie thing. Is that, is that a Jamie thing? I don't know. It wasn't from James. Oh, I know. Oh, uh, to the yeah, that was. Uh, I, I did not make the jokes about your beard. I think Jamie did. I did. I I think the only thing I said was when somebody asked about the rookie draft, I said Heath was hiding it in his beard. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. But I think Nick was the one making fun of his beard. Oh, okay. That sounds about right. That does that does sound more. Nick accurate. tried to grow a beard once. <laughs> well, we welcome you back, Heath. We look forward to hearing your rookie rankings. And how's, how's everybody doing? We're all good. Dave, you're good? You're, you're Yay, I'm great. Hey, all right. Football season coming up. Let's start with an email. Email of the day number one. We'll have some voicemails later. This is from Adam. Where's he from? Your apartment. Yeah, that's that's creepy. New He's, York City. Says, hey, Thomas, Herndon, and Walton. Well, that's definitely from you. <laughs> Those are hurricanes. They are. Hurricanes who were drafted. That's right. Listening to post-draft podcast, not sure why Jarek McKinnon isn't mentioned as a big fantasy winner. 49er used the first-round pick to draft a tackle, known for his run blocking. Shanahan targeted and paid McKinnon over all the other free agent running backs, including Carlos Hyde. He clearly has a plan for him. Why didn't we mention Jarek McKinnon as an NFL draft winner? Because he was already a winner before the draft, and if they had added running backs, then depending on which running backs they might have added he would have been a loser but there's no reason to bring him up now we've already been talking about him and i think he's going to go in the third round late third round in fantasy draft fun jarek mckinnon in fact i, I like, have I all, like this. all of our rankings pulled up here i was just trying to see who i was going to have to defend who i was going to have to talk bad about we all have jarek mckinnon 33rd overall in ppr <laughs> exactly do you guys have any rookie running backs other than saquon barkley ranked ahead of jarek mckinnon nope no Okay, that's Jarek McKinnon. And I, you know, from a production standpoint, I don't want to talk about the same guys all the time, so I don't know, I didn't know if I should bring up Jarek McKinnon. We talk so much about him after free agency, but it's been a little while. So Adam, thank you for keeping this Adam honest, and thank you for the Miami Hurricanes greetings as well. Here's the email of the day number two, it's from Joe Gow. What is the name of the fantasy football magazine you guys keep talking about in your podcast, and where can I buy it? Can we give that information, Jamie? It's just like yeah. Beckett it's, Fantasy Football Preview. The CBS Sports, Beckett Sports Fantasy Football Magazine. It is not out yet. I believe we'll be going to print uh some point in the next three weeks. So by the beginning of June. Cool. So the CBS Sports Beckett Sports Magazine. Be on the lookout for it. Uh What, what are you guys buzzing about? Heath, what are you buzzing about fantasy football-wise? I'm at work. I don't think I should be buzzing. <laughs> Whoa! Oh, that like that? Oh, come on now. Uh, I what? What do you? Uh, what's on your mind? What's on your fantasy football mind? 
what's on my fantasy football mind? Trying to figure out where all these rookies fit in and who they're taking touches away from. It's not so much about who's going to be good or, or who's going to be at top 10 or where they should rank. It's about who's going to get the touches right now and whether they can beat out the guys already on the roster. And so who are you most concerned about? I think we're going to talk about one of them in just a minute. Let's do it now. Okay. Go for it. Gallup? Yeah, Michael Gallup. Cowboys wide receiver Michael Gallup. Do you not have him in your top 60? And I just looked to see where I, if the rankings went past that, where I would have him at 65. I don't know where Dave and Jamie have him. The problem for me with Gallup, I think we all agree that Dallas is going to be a low, low, low volume passing attack. That's what they've been in the past. They're going to give the ball to Zeke about 400 times. I don't expect he's going to be the number one receiver. I think there's certainly a chance he could finish second on the team in targets. But second on the Cowboys in targets probably means 80, 85 targets. You're counting on who to be first? I think it'll be Alan Hurts. I think they could spread it all the way around. And they could. Then to where They're all kind of meh. 90 to 95 targets. They all, they all suck. I'll take the one who has the most upside of the suck. And I think Alan Hearns has upside. We've seen him have a, a big fantasy year before. Is Michael Gallup? So a that's the basis of him pick. being good because he's had a good year before. Well, he has upside. He's demonstrated upside. I mean, getting cut from the Jaguars and being claimed by another team is exactly cause for optimism. Is he worth a ninth round pick, Michael Gallup? He's going to say no. No. See, he just said no. Yeah, he did Jamie. Say no. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, again. I'll always gamble on upside, and I'd rather take the the rookie as opposed to the retread. Adam, I don't think so. Not in round nine. Round nine's still kind of early. He feels like a this is a twelve team league we're talking about, so we're around pick one hundred or so. I don't think he's a top. I don't think Michael Gallup is a top one hundred pick. He feels like a round thirteen ish pick to me. I, I'm taking kicker and defense before I'm taking Michael Gallup. I think. I don't think I'm going to go that defense, far. Defense, defense, maybe not kicker. It depends on which defense you're talking about. Yeah, well, I want to get the I want to get the Jaguars. I want to get the who's your top defense? Jaguars. Jaguars. Oh, it's the Jaguars. I think it'd have to be deeper than a standard CBS league for me to take Michael Gallup. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of interchangeability there, so I'm going to reach for defense. Well, I, I'll just bit. give you an example of a, a analyst draft I'm in right now. He went in round ten. Twelve teams. Twelve teams. Half PPR. I mean, it's not like I would object to it, but. I feel like there's been some pretty good talent, uh, and and that's that's with IDP. So figure oh. it may move up around because that's, that's right. about ten IDP guys wow. that have gone already. Who's got Randall Cobb ahead of Michael Gallup? Me. I do. Not me. Was Randall Cobb a draft winner? No. They drafted three receivers for a reason. Yeah, but but they didn't yeah. draft an er- a receiver all that early. They didn't. No, uh, I mean. Or did they? As, as we just kind of established, this isn't exactly the best receiving class. No, not at all. Uh, no kidding. And, and they didn't invest in one of the great ones, so I'm not sure they're, they've got a rookie year well, their, impact their, their there. Their draft kind of felt them in a miraculous fashion if these guys pan out at the two cornerbacks. Yeah, they kind yeah. of got two first-round first round round yeah. caliber corners. And the receivers they got all kind of fit the same mold. They're all tall. They all timed well in the 40. I don't think they're taking slot time away from Randall Cobb. Uh, exactly. That's the point I'm getting at, is that Randall Cobb is going to still have that slot role on lock. His touchdown potential went down the pipe when Jimmy Graham came in. But other than that, I think he could be a high-catch, high-volume guy. Oh, I get you like 800 yards and four touchdowns. 
There's something I just remembered to say, by the way. Yeah, that's just ugly. So, so they, they drafted Jamon Moore and Marquez Valdez, uh, Scan- they drafted Scantling. three, yes, and EQ and, and name St. the Brown. third guy. Let's see if you can pronounce e- his name. EQ, EQ St. No, Brown, they call come him. On. EQSB. Uh, what was it? Like Equiv, Equiv- I think it's Equinimius. Equinimius. I think that's it. I don't know the, one, the, the one thing that our draft guys, our draft, the guys on our, our NFL draft show, uh, mostly Brady Quinn and Bryant McFadden talked about with those guys is they don't really fit what the Packers like to do in terms of how they catch the ball. But I think that Aaron Rodgers will make them okay. All right. I had to mention one thing that I kept forgetting. Um, the podcast draft contest. I will announce the winner on Thursday. Two winners. Two winners. This is your, I hate Jamie. This is you your, have to. I hate Jamie. This is your last chance. Yes. Two winners because Jamie makes the rules. Um, no. What, you, I, I, you, I, can, be, I can bow out. I can bow out. I don't want you to bow out. People okay, want to play well, against somebody, you, Jamie. You can't just give away spots in the podcast league. That's sure not how can. it works. Sure I can. Oh, we please, all have an exception. Please hit him with your beard, Heath, for goodness sake. <laughs> um, it, this is your last chance. E, you have to email me your original entry if you got five or more correct. Remember, it has to be in order. If you got five or more correct, email just fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Reply or forward the original email and show me that you got five or more correct, and I will announce the two winners of the Podcast League uh, contest, the two people who are in the Podcast League as of now. And the other was if you had, what, Denzel Ward going fourth overall, then you're in? Yeah, well, I, I thought there was just the one guy. So far, there's just one. What do we do if there's two, Jamie? Put them both in? Put everyone in? Just kick Dave out and kick Jamie out and kick me out and kick you out, and we can just have the Podcast Listeners League with just podcast listeners. Now, we'll have some sort of tiebreaker if there are more people who had Denzel Ward going forth. All right, let's do some news and notes. Mike Gillisley fighting for his roster spot, according to ESPN's Mike Rice. Dallas, I thought this was interesting. Dallas is um, studying film of Dak Prescott's career at Mississippi State. So Patrick Walker was on the Pick 6 podcast. He's a Dallas writer for 24-7 Sports. And he said that the Cowboys are looking to steal ideas and techniques and how they can structure the Cowboys' offense to most benefit Dak Prescott. So there's that. I, I would say anything was better than their current plan, so that's encouraging. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota, Monday Night Football is going to be really interesting crew. Joe Tessitore, Jason Witten, Lisa Salters, and field analyst Booger McFarlane. Very interesting crew. I'm a big Tessitore guy. i got to tell you that. I am too. But I he, figured you were a big booger guy, so now you pick your nose. <laughs> <so much. laughs> uh, I, here's my concern with Tessitore. He's kind of like, from what I've seen, he's like all football. He doesn't. He's not a jokester, you know. I, and I like that about him. I don't know how the, I don't know how it's going to play with the rest of the crowd, the rest of the the audience out there. But I like Joe Tessitore. I think well, they got that player. comedian Jason Witten. Right. I don't know what he's going to be like either. Lots of dad jokes. A lot of that. Yeah. I, I look forward to it. Carson Wentz said his goal is to be ready for Week One. Mine too. Pete Carroll says running back Rashad Penny is a three down back. He better be if you take him in the right. first round. We, we took him in the first round because we think he's going to be great on special teams. Uh, I don't think Sonny Michelle is going to be a three down back, do you? No. Not with his team. Not I'm yet. not really sure that he's going to be a three down back. We'll see. Who, Penny? Who, Penny? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's when you just got to wait till training camp on. For now, yes. Mm. You got to assume that. Penny for your thoughts, Heath. Penny for your thoughts. Yeah, where'd you rank him? Very well done. Uh, he's a, right in that running back two, running back three range. I think right about where you guys have him as well. I don't think, I, I think the big difference with most of the rookie running backs was I did not have them as high in PPR as you guys did, except for obviously Saquon. 
Okay, uh, Oakland rookie Colton Miller, their first-round draft pick. He's working at left tackle. They got uh, Donald Pence coming off an injury. New York Jets quarterback Sam Darnold could be the starting quarterback. They have not ruled that out, whereas Hugh Jackson insists that Tyrod Taylor will be the Browns' starting quarterback. We'll keep an eye on it as it develops. And another penny for your thoughts. Arizona running back Elijah Penny will convert to fullback and tight end. You know that's Rashad Penny's brother. Actually, did not know that. They are brothers. Now that you know that, I guess you could say you're Penny Wise. I like it. Very good. Or you could just give your two cents. This is really good stuff, guys. Great segment. Uh, all right, last promo here is the Pick 6 podcast. I already talked about the Cowboys writer, but Will is doing a great job hosting that show, and he had a guest on to talk about the Eagles and how they use analytics and how the rest of the NFL might use analytics, and it was very interesting. So check out the Pick 6 podcast. It's daily. It's five days a week anyway. You'll get it first thing in the morning. It's about 30, 35 minutes long, six topics, five minutes per topic, all the relevant stuff around the NFL, the Pick 6 podcast. Subscribe. If you want our other podcasts, go to cbssports.com slash podcast. It's, it's interesting how you've teased all of Will's podcasts except the one that Dave and I was on, were on with him. Dave and Jamie were on the Pick 6 podcast. How did that go? Best host we've ever had. You didn't listen? I did not listen. I am sorry. Uh, but I heard it was great. Yeah, it's finally good to work with a good podcast host. I'm sure it is. So uh He let us talk. It wasn't his show. My listeners want to hear about Heath's rankings. <laughs> and Heath, uh, you are the low guy on Darius Geis. So Darius Geis is 29th for Heath and Standard, 43rd in PPR. Dave and Jamie have Redskins running back Darius Geis right around 24th in both formats, give or take a few spots. All right, Heath, why do you hate Darius Geis with such a passion? I do not hate Darius Geis at all, and I think we probably have very similar expectations when it comes to everything besides catching the football. Um, I've got guys for about 230 carries, 900 yards, six touchdowns. I, with Chris Thompson on the team, I don't know, I, I don't expect him to really be involved in the passing game at all. Dave, Jamie, how come you didn't downgrade Geis as much in PPR? Cause I think he'll still catch a decent amount of passes. Won't be like 60 or anything wild like that, but he could get his cloppies on 20. Cloppies. Yeah, I think I would expect in 25 to 30. Um, I also want to see if Chris Thompson's healthy. Yeah, you're right, exactly. I mean, he's, he's had trouble staying healthy. He's played 13, 16, and 10 games in his last three seasons, Chris Thompson. It's also a pretty miserable receiving core, so when they're you know in obvious running down situations, they can still throw out of those sets. Sure. All right, other rookie rankings. Where are you on carry on Johnson, Heath? I very, very conflicted. I think like the Lions have done everything in their power to be good at running the football. They have talked like they want to be good at running the football. They've never been good at running the football, at least for or at least for a long time. Well, I, I mean, would yeah, say Barry Sanders would Okay, never in recent history. In the Matthew Stafford era. Do you know their last you know who their last thousand yard rusher was? Their last thousand yard. It was not Barry Sanders. No, after Barry. I know who it was, and I can't. I can see the guy. I can see him. He did never did anything again after that. Am I right? Was it Kevin Smith? That's what I was going to guess. It is not Kevin Smith. Okay, but he didn't do anything again after that. Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush. I did a lot before that. I think the Lions' offensive line should be awesome. Yeah. Um. I. I hope LeGarrette Blunt just decides to retire or that he has other priorities that might get him suspended or something like that. That worries me a little bit in terms of touchdowns. Yeah, so you've got 
Carryon Johnson, 35th in standard, 42nd in PPR. Jamie, looks like you're the high guy. You've got Johnson just inside the top 30. Dave and Heath have him ranked pretty similarly, like late 30s or so, mid to late, mid to late 30s. Carryon Johnson. So Jamie, yeah, I mean, we've talked about him, but you want to wrap it up? Uh, 29th in standard, 28th in PPR. I love the offensive line. Um, I, I don't really worry about a 32-year-old Legarrette Blunt, 31, however old he is. Uh, we saw what the Eagles used Blunt. You know, I mean, they saved him for the playoffs, but once they got JHI, he didn't work as much. And so, um, I probably have him too high in PPR, but I think, you know, given the fact that they traded up to get Carryon Johnson, the fact that, uh, the offensive line should be much better and their desire to want to run the ball under a new head coach, I, I think he's, uh, he might be a little bit too low. Boy, I was going to ask you, would you rather have Carryon Johnson or Marshawn Lynch? But I think the story here is look at how high Dave Richard has Marshawn Lynch. Top 24. He's mowed. Yeah, top 24 in standard anyway. I'm at, I'll check PPR. No, nah, he's lower than that in PPR. And it's it's a whole John Gruden thing. It's about Gruden and his track record with running backs and the fact that I don't think they've got anybody else there who can reliably and consistently take work away from him. And I think they're going to use him kind of like they did toward the end of last season when they started feeding him and he started to play well for them. I do agree with Dave that that's going to be the plan going into the year. I think John Gruden wants to take football back 20 years, mm-hmm. uh, put, put a fullback in front of Marshawn and just hammer it over and over and over. I don't know how feel confident I feel that he's going to be able to stand up to that. So yeah, I uh, totally agree. And, you know, you look at Gruden's track record um, – he sat success with a bigger back like Marshawn with Tyron Wheatley, if you want to, you know, compare somebody. Um, but like his better success has come with more scat back type of guys, you know, or at least more combo type of guys. So I, I look, there, there was the talk about them moving on from Marshawn Lynch. You know, I, I don't know what Doug Martin's status will be, how healthy he'll be. I'm more curious about the younger guys. Like we talked about last year, you know, what's Jalen Richard going to do? What is, um, DeAndre Washington going to do? You know, how much will Gruden lean on those guys? So, uh, if they're going to overwork Marshawn, you know, I think Jack Del Rio and, and, and company last year, they sort of had a good plan in place. They thought they'd be a playoff team, save Marshawn toward the end of the season. When that sort of fell apart, okay, let's work him and run him into the ground. I just, I don't want any part of a 32-year-old Marshawn Lynch in this offense. So I think I was just doing the show with Dave. It was after free agency, shortly thereafter, and they had signed Jordy Nelson, got rid of Michael Crabtree, and I had a hot take, and it was Oakland will be a fantasy wasteland this year. And I like the fact that they added Martavis Bryant. I like the fact that they drafted an offensive lineman in the first round. That goes, that bodes well. I just don't really have faith in John Gruden. I, I'm worried that this is going to be a really bad signing for, for the next like five years or more for Oakland. And, you know, I don't know how he'll play out his whole contract, but I, I don't know. I, I don't really have faith in Gruden. I, I don't really care about his track record. It's been a decade since he's coached, right? It's a pretty mixed track record, too. Yeah, right, exactly. Exactly. Four, I think four top ten offenses and four in the bottom third of the league. So I, I kind of agree with you that I'm pretty – I mean, I'm always going to be an Amari Cooper guy, and I hope they just throw it to him 150 times. But the Martavis Bryant trade doesn't exactly speak to that. No. It may be best for Jared Cook. Greg Olson's offenses have heavily involved tight ends. I, I, I think the other part of it, though, is from a positive standpoint, Gruden's inheriting, inheriting a pretty talented offense aside from maybe Lynch just at his age. Because Derek Carr, before the broken leg, was an MVP candidate. He did have the back injury last year. It should be a good offensive line. Now, Penn's injury is probably going to, you know, maybe make it from good to great or, you know, good to average. But 
investing Colton Miller. I know a lot of people thought that was questionable. He still was considered one of the better tackles in the draft, so he should help. And if they could somehow get something out of Jordy Nelson still or Martavis Bryant, this could be a very good receiving core. So I, I think if Derek Carr's right, this offense could be good, which would help Marshawn Lynch in some way, shape, or form. But again, I'll just go back to his age, and I'm always going to try and shy away from those guys at this this level, of their, this point in their career. Well, you got to get him at the right point in your draft too. Yeah, we're not talking about him as one of these top, you know, forty overall pick. Keep going, running backs. Keep going. Well, for you, keep going. For most people. Well, is he a top sixty pick? Is he... Well, here I'll tell you in this other draft too where he went. I've uh, got him fifty one. He played 51. pretty well last year. Fifty one. What is fifty one? Fifty one overall. Is so where would you take so him in half PPR? I'll just tell you, tell you where he went. Where would you take him half PPR? I would probably lean toward maybe around seven. Okay. You? Yeah. P- PPR. Yeah, seven. Half. Is that half. right? Adam? He's not going to take him. Half PPR? Yep. No, I think, uh. Well, anybody's going to take him at the right price. I think round six. Yep. Round nine. 103 overall. So he, Give me some he running backs after, ahead of him. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he did fall a little bit. So he went, um, you know, I don't want to give too much away to somebody else's magazine, but he went after Duke Johnson, which I would do as well sure. in, in half PPR. But he went after Corey Clement, Isaiah Correll, um, right. Deontay Foreman, you know, just looking at the running backs. Oh, right so I, I do not think I would take Duke Johnson ahead of, of him. I'll, I'll tell you why. They in got, a PPR you wouldn't? They, half P, full PPR I would, half no. They've got Jarvis Landry now, 100 catches. Quite often, they've got Josh Gordon healthy. Um, I see fewer catches. I do, and and they just drafted Nick Chubb. I see fewer snaps with Carlos Hyde there. I I see, I see no Duke Johnson on my teams right as of right now. I, I I'll take the guy touched. who's I like. I, if I pretty much Lynch, agree with you, and I love Duke Johnson. I like him as a player. I don't like a situation anymore. And and Marshawn Lynch could score seven more touchdowns than Duke Johnson. It wouldn't surprise me at all. And if he does that, he'll he'll beat him in half PPR. He had seven touchdowns last year. Duke, right? Yeah. Yeah. It feels fluky to me. Because he had what? No how way. many did he have the year before? It's like he stole four or five touchdowns from Julio Jones. <laughs> like, you know, we expected about eight for Julio and maybe two for Duke, and didn't work out that way. Well, why don't I let you guys weigh in instead of me? Who would you rather have in half PPR, Duke Johnson or Marshawn Lynch? In half, I'd take Lynch. Yeah, agreed. Full Johnson. Yeah, so Duke Johnson's played 16 games in all three seasons. He scored three combined touchdowns his first two years. He scored seven last year. All righty, uh, moving on. Uh, yeah, I think we're good with that. Ronald Jones. Let's talk about him. So, actually, Dave is the high guy on Jones. Heath is the low guy on Ronald Jones. 27th in standard, 30th in PPR. And Dave and Jamie have uh, Jones inside their top 24 in both formats. All right, so what are you thinking about Ronald Jones, Heath? I would like Ronald Jones a lot more if they had not brought Charles Sims back. Oh my God. That's why you don't like Char- Ronald Jones? Here's the thing. He <laughs> has to have an involvement Sims? in the passing game. Charles Sims had 50% of the targets for the running backs last year and everybody else gets like 10 or 15 targets. They don't bring Charles Sims back when they have Jacquez Rogers and Peyton Barber unless they're planning on using him in the passing game once again. And it's difficult to be a top 24 running back. If you don't have usage in the passing game, I'm not sure Charles Sims makes the team. Well, they just resigned him. Yeah, so what? how much made... guaranteed money did they give him? Well, I to be fair, they did they did resign him before the draft. So not like, knowing like, who who they were going like to get, like four or five. Yeah, they did. I think I think Ronald Jones is in line to be an every down back for Tampa Bay. It, 
and their offensive line is getting better. Their defense is getting better. I agree with that. There will be more carries to go around and more catches to go around. And I don't think that Charles Sims has done enough to have the passing downs roll in Tampa Bay. He's a pretty least, good pass catcher. Unless, yeah, I know. But I think Ronald Jones can be too. Uh, it, it's going to come down to training camp. That's a training camp battle to watch. And my money's on Ronald Jones winning it because Charles Sims sucks. I think blitz, blitz, blitz protection is going to be the biggest thing there. Sucks is a, is a tough word to say. Charles Sims does not produce the type of stats that a fantasy owner would like. To no, have you don't team. want to draft Charles Sims, but he is a good. I think he's a pretty good football player. In the, but, in if that he, role. but if he's that, if he is in that role, then maybe he's getting three or four catches a week. Maybe that works for somebody in PPR if they're desperate for a running back. And finally, but I don't think heard. that's the point, though. The point is what he's taking away from Jones, not what he's doing for a fantasy owner. All right, now, finally, Hayden Hurst, Baltimore tight end, first-round pick. 23rd for Dave and Jamie in standard, 20th for Jamie, 24th for Dave in PPR. Heat's got Hayden Hurst, 16th in standard, 17th in PPR. Right there in the streaming mix for Hayden Hurst. Yeah, if he was not a rookie tight end or if there wasn't this rookie tight end stigma, I would probably have him in my top 12 tight ends. That's what Joe Flacco and this Ravens offense does. They Dennis Pitta caught 86 passes in this offense. Two years ago, it was like, or three years ago, it was what, Ben Watson and Ed Dixon combining for 85, 90 catches? If if we start getting reports in training camp that Hurst is really running away with the job or they or Joe Flacco's talking him up, I'm going to have him as a borderline top 12 tight end. Is he the best pass-catching tight end that they have, though? That's debatable. Some people say he is. Some people say he's not. That's why training camp will determine it. Mark Andrews, I think... I think is a better blocker than Hurst is, but he's absolutely a better blocker, but he might be a better pass catch. He's not as fast. Hmm. All right, they're, guys. They're, they're a little different. Um, would you start Hayden Hurst against Buffalo home against Buffalo? It's week one of the season. <laughs> no it's either way. him or it's Jared cook off the waiver wire. Well, if let's again, it comes down to what happens in training camp, but if he is the starter I'm saying right now, no, I, I'm not going to make that decision. Right now, I would start Jared Cook. Okay. But if he's the starter week one, and they've talked him up through camp, I'm fine with starting him against Buffalo. He's got Buffalo at home week one, then he's at Cincinnati versus Denver and at Pittsburgh. I I, I don't love any of those matchups for any tight end, especially a rookie, a 25-year-old rookie. See, he's, a, he's a grown man already, Dave. The rookie tight end doesn't even apply a rookie to him. Anymore. Doesn't even apply to him. <laughs> yeah, I... I uh... He had three touchdowns in his college career. I, I, that probably doesn't matter, but it plus a rushing touchdown. Oh, and all three of those touchdowns were outside of the red zone. That's that's a little weird, isn't it? Yeah, he's, he's he's an odd prospect. He he came from baseball. He was originally a prospect in baseball, and his baseball his pitching career got derailed because he had a case of the yips. I'd ask Heath what that meant. I told him about Chuck Knobloch. You don't know what the yips are, huh? No, okay. I know what chips are. They're terrible. I eat those. <laughs> chips are much And I know what dips are. Much better. I eat those with my chips. Both are preferable to, to the yips, for sure. Chuck Knobloch is a great example. All right, that's going to wrap up our discussion of Heat's rankings. It is, uh, it is a Monday, but you might be hearing this on Tuesday. So here are a couple of team name Tuesdays on a Monday. From Josh, Geis Hines finished last. Wow, that's awful. It's that, that one finished last. <laughs> From Kelsey. Vita Las Vegas. Like Vita Vea? Like, couldn't you have just not Isn't done it? the segment? Oh, yeah. I could have, yeah. But if they write in, I feel obligated, Heath. I feel obligated. 
our our voicemail phone number is 954-689-3199. 954-689-3199. And right now I'm having an internal debate. Do I go to the voicemails or do we do some more draft leftovers? I'll I'll put it up to a vote. Draft leftovers or voicemails? Let's do one voicemail. And based on the strength of that voicemail, we'll decide to do another one. Let's do draft leftovers and never do Team Name Tuesday again. <laughs> Jamie, what's your vote? Uh, I wasn't paying attention. All right, then we're gonna do voicemails. Uh, so again, nine five four. Thanks, Adam. No, just one. First Six, time I'm here in a month. My opinion doesn't even count. Three one. Got outvoted. Yeah, it's a, a half to one. It's a cheerocracy. <laughs> Uh, 954-689-3199. Just call us up, give us your name and your question, and here we go. In once I figure out how to work this thing. Here we go. <laughs> what is the deal with Deshaun Watson? I mean, everybody's so excited and bumped Deshaun Watson as like their number three or number four overall quarterback, so I'm even higher than that. And he's played five games. Five NFL games. The athleticism behind Deshaun is awesome. But five games, do you guys kind of worry? Maybe we got a little bit of an RG3 thing coming up this year. Ooh, that was Dan, by the way, with the question. Uh, and why do they end so abruptly? It's because I try to edit them down to a more reasonable time. So thank you for the question, Dan. Yeah, so it is, uh, where do you guys have Deshaun Watson? And is there a bust potential for Deshaun? Sure. Injury. Top five quarterback. And it's, Totally based on him being healthy and ready to go for training camp. And we, we have seen the insane upside that comes along with him. He can run. He can throw. He can throw deep. He can somehow throw deep with pretty good accuracy and he can rack up the fantasy points. And when it comes to quarterback, there are so many good ones that the ones that have that crazy upside that could win you your league, like Deshaun Watson, they're worth reaching for ahead of when you might not normally, when you would normally not take them because they could be a hero for your squad and you can always draft a second quarterback later on in the draft. A couple of things. I very much appreciate the sentiment expressed in that voicemail. It sounded very much like a Heath argument. It was just five games. We don't know anything, but the Bill O'Brien offenses. I've averaged 1,075 plays, throwing the ball 575 times over the last three years. That's a ton of volume Andy's going to run to. And I think what Dave said, the upside is the most important part. There's like 24 starting caliber quarterbacks. I'm not going to worry about a floor when I'm drafting a quarterback. When are you going to take him? I'm probably not because I don't take a quarterback till the end anyway. But he's my number five quarterback. If it's round seven and he's there, do you, does it change your mind? No. Oh, what? it doesn't change. Why? I was hoping that you would say yes to that, and then I would just keep going up a couple of rounds. Why not, Heath? Really, round what? seven? Uh, no, that that pick isn't as valuable to like round three. It's not. A, that's that's very true. It's not as valuable. So then, why three. wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you take a chance? Then I'm not saying that that's when you'll see Watson go. Uh, I'm I, just saying that I'm trying to create an idea of like when the right time to take. I'm this. pretty much going to spend the first 10 rounds accumulating running backs and wide receivers and maybe a tight end. That's great. But a quarterback with the potential to finish as the number one guy in round seven, you're going to pass on that. I or will, yes. Charles Sims. I will not be taking Charles Sims in round seven. Jamie, if it's round seven and Deshaun Watson's there, are you going to take him? Depends what other quarterbacks are on the board. 
the idea of spending your first like ten picks on running backs and wide receivers is is not the worst idea. And an, another major reason the the guy I have number four ahead of Watson is probably going to be there in round eleven or twelve. Big Ben, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. I don't think he'll be there that late, but I agree that he should be at least a top seven pick, top round, top seven round pick. You know, so just, just, to, like your, just to your point, and in, in, again, referencing this draft, he, uh, Deshaun Watson was the fourth quarterback drafted after Rodgers, Wilson, and Brady. He was drafted in round seven, and so far he is only one of ten quarterbacks that have been drafted. So I guess if you wanted to take him there, it makes sense, but it's it's doesn't necessarily mean you have to just because you could have waited and maybe gotten around later or you could have gotten somebody just as good four rounds later. Also, I mean, he, has, I, he has played in seven games. So he started six, played in seven, not five. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it's fair to compare Watson and Garoppolo to a certain extent. We haven't seen <laughs> yeah. the ceiling for Garoppolo like we saw for Watson. But everybody's excited about him, too. Yeah. Garoppolo. I, I, I kind of feel like we have seen the ceiling for Garoppolo. I think he could get you... A good, good week for him is going to be 25 fantasy points. Well, then, I don't know if you want to draft him at that ceiling. I think he'll be consistent. I don't think he'll be, I don't think he's going to deliver 35 and 40 point bombs like Watson can. And, and I would take Watson, I would consider him starting in late round five. And Heath mentioned Bill O'Brien. I think that's a big difference between RG3 and, uh, and Deshaun Watson. It was just a toxic environment. With the coach and the quarterback and the owner, it just it was a bad environment there. So hopefully there's Plus, more stability in Houston. Watson's a better passer. Just his accuracy is better. RG three yeah, was, RG3 was really pretty good, dude. I, I don't know. I don't know what you were watching. RG three was very accurate as a rookie. He was like set. Six. Watson's better. Oh, I think Watson's better. Okay. I I had such fun with that voicemail. I think we should do another one. Here we go. Hey guys, just thinking about Corey Coleman and the way he was able to adapt adapt with uh, Deshaun Kaiser. Um, I think he is just going to break out with whoever he has. It could be Tyrod Taylor, definitely Ty- Tyrod Taylor, the way Tyrod uh, connected with Charles Clay. Um, he just has that with quarterbacks. He scored two touchdowns in whatever games he was healthy in two years ago. And I know health is an issue, but Corey Coleman going forward with someone taking uh, a safety on the other side of the field, obviously, and Josh Gordon, look out. I don't have a name for this one. I apologize. No name. It was the same guy, wasn't it? It sounded just exactly like the same guy. <laughs> no, it was not. Did, did, you not? Just, did you take one voicemail and turn it into turn it into two, two. or three? Wait a second. I'm going to play Dan, and then I'm going to play the Corey Coleman guy. What is the deal with Deshaun Watson? Hey, guys. I mean, just thinking about Corey Coleman so and the way he was able to. I don't, they oh, just sound similar, terrible. but they're not the same guy, I swear. Uh, is there any, any hype uh, for Corey Coleman? Can you guys see it at all? It's so weird. I think the Browns' offense is going to be good. I love their players. They have too many now. They do. They have too many players. There's not enough targets for Corey Coleman. I'm sorry. It's okay. You don't have to apologize to me. You do have to apologize to the caller, though. He's going to have three good weeks. He'll have seven bad weeks, and he'll have six weeks where he's injured because he hurts himself in practice. I wonder if he even starts. Yeah. I, well, okay. Answer this question. Ready? Fill in the blank. If Corey Coleman has a good season, then Tyrod Taylor will be a top blank quarterback. Well, I don't know if those go hand in hand because Baker Mayfield could start from week one. How about this? If Tyrod Taylor plays 15 games, then Tyrod Taylor will be a top 12 quarterback. That's <laughs> – all right. I could see it. Why not? 
He's just not even close to as good as we think he is. That's that's how I feel about him. Uh, yeah, I mean, is Coleman has he ever been a top twelve quarterback? On a per game basis, I think he has twice. Is Corey Coleman a top sixty wide receiver? No, no, All right. nope. I right, one more, one more email. This is a fun one. Here we go. Aaron, how about a voice? Oh, yeah, a voicemail. Thank you, Dave. Here we go. Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath. What's up, guys? Um, hey, first things first, I think it's really hilarious that over the course of the last two episodes of the podcast, we discovered that Adam was first a peeper for peeping on Jamie and then became a creeper for, uh, for absolutely creeping on that girl from the Las Vegas pool. Absolutely disgusting, deplorable. <laughs> uh, but anyway, guys, I wanted to ask you a question about a fantasy football league that I'm in, and I had an idea today, um, and I wanted to see what you guys said about it. To seed the playoffs, I thought it would be cool, instead of having, you know, best versus worst or anything like that, I think it would be cool to have the highest finishing seed get to choose their matchup week one of the playoffs. The second highest will get to choose next, uh, you know, and so on, and so all the matchups are decided. And then after week one plays out, week two of the playoffs, same thing. The highest remaining seed would get to choose their opponent. Same thing that would keep going down. And do the entire playoffs that way. And I think uh, it'd be really cool for this league where a bunch of guys know each other to kind of be able to create, create some rivalries. You know, if somebody wanted to try to take out one of their friends, even though it wasn't the easiest matchup. Anyway, I think it'd be really cool if wanted to get your thoughts on that. Now that's Shane. And, yes, he's right. I am both, both a creeper and a peeper. I really appreciate you trimming these down so they're not too long. That was funny. I thought that was a good good voicemail, Heath. Uh, uh, Heath, come on. He got in all the relevant things. He talked about Adam. Yep. He mentioned Adam quite a bit. Yep. And that's then he talked about a crazy things. idea. He didn't ask him to sing, which is kind of weird. Well, that's coming up next. <laughs> uh, so far we have, we have the hurricanes have been met referenced. He yeah. got that email in. We got, uh, something about him that's been in. Well, did you see so the we, one email that that guy sent that was like all about the giants and the, the subject where, line was just all about the things that would, uh, would entice me to read it. And where would I see that? In the inbox. Oh no. The one you actually look at. Uh, yeah, no, it worked, and, and I'm in. So, um, and he's in the show. Anyway, uh, I think it's a cool idea. I think it's a cool idea to let the high seeds pick the team they want to play in the postseason. And we have breaking news. I don't care what you're talking about. C.J. Anderson has signed with... Dun, dun, dun. I'm so nervous. It's ruined us, the Carolina Panthers. <sighs> oh, wow. <sighs> it's not that bad, actually. It's not great though. Like no, McCaffrey could have been a top ten running back in both formats. He still can. Yeah, he could. He's fifteenth last year. <laughs> Standard. Okay, let's let's answer the email question and then we'll spend like two minutes on C.J. Anderson or the voicemail question. Where's sorry. the email question? The voicemail question. Would I you, love it. I think the idea cool, is cool, right? Yeah. I think people should do it, and I think it adds uh, more fun to the playoff teams. And the whole playoffs in general. And I would love to be the team picked by the one seed to yeah. play him in the first round. <laughs> or, well, here's the problem. I, it wouldn't be the one seed picking me to play him. It would be the three seed picking me to play because the one and the two seed theoretically would have a bye. Well, either way. So, so listen, so this would be great. Let's just say I eked my way into the playoffs. I would have been the six seed anyway. I'm the worst team in the league. The number three seed picks me to play. I kick his butt. Then the number one seed picks me to play him. I kick Maybe his not. butt next. I would love that. I, I I think that that would be fun, and anything that's fun is good for fantasy. I would never, ever, ever want to commission that league. Why? 
tracking down people to ask them who they want to play at that point in the year? No Why? Thanks. That's not hard. All right, you do it one year. You league. give them twenty four hours. Why is if that they hard? Don't do it. You know what? Why don't you just do it in the podcast listeners league? league? Yep, there you go. Oh well, I mean, Jamie's gonna give away all the spots in that league anyway, so uh, you won't have to worry about it. Uh, yeah. By the way, whoever predicted C.J. Anderson to the Panthers and emailed Adam, you are in the podcast <laughs> league. <laughs> Uh, so, all right, so C.J. Anderson is going to the Panthers. He averaged 4.1 yards per carry on 245 carries last year, just over 1,000 yards, only three rushing touchdowns. 28 catches, 224 yards, and one receiving touchdown for C.J. Anderson. And it's been a very interesting season for or career for, for Anderson. Kind of burst onto the scene in his second season. With 4.7 yards per carry, eight touchdowns, and a limited role, blah, blah, blah. You know the story of C.J. Anderson. I wasn't prepared to talk about him, so I'm just reading his stats page. What do you think about him going to the Carolina Panthers and replacing a lot of carries for Jonathan Stewart? And we were hoping McCaffrey would get them. What do you, what do you, uh, what do you make of this situation now? There were two teams that were, made a lot of sense. This really helps Marlon Mack if you're a fan of Marlon Mack, because I think that was one of the destinations he was looking at. And, I mean, look, I don't think it really hurts Christian McCaffrey tremendously because they were going to give those carries to somebody. I don't think they were going to make him a 250-carry guy and an 80-catch guy. So I think his role still increases. I still think he has a chance to be top 12 in both formats. Clearly PPR, he was there last year. But C.J. Anderson, I think, is flex in the flex conversation. You know, he's he's for me, he'll be in, in the mid-30s somewhere. Um 170 carries for him. Yeah, that would be half of what's left behind, or what half of what the running backs had last year in Carolina. They all the running backs combined for 340 carries. Jonathan Stewart that does not include Cam. Obviously, he's yeah. not a running back. He could end up with more carries than McCaffrey, but McCaffrey will have more touches and he'll have the opportunity for way more yards. It's the touchdowns. I mean, look, McCaffrey wasn't very good running the ball. He wasn't very good running the ball last year. You know, I think he had what, two games over 60 yards rushing. So, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll lean on Anderson. Can he stay healthy? I mean, that's kind of been a problem for him, but I I think if you, if you were hoping for CJ Anderson to land in a good spot, this is, this is favorable. This does kind of bum me out on McCaffrey in standard scoring leagues. He only had three games last year with more than nine carries. And, uh, yeah, Jamie just, uh, he had three games. He had, uh, a 62 yard game, a 63 yard game, and a 66 yard rushing game. It's pretty good though, off the top of your head. I bad. mean, the Panthers didn't run the ball very well on a per carry basis last year, right? Not at all. Uh, especially if you take away Cam. You know, then Jonathan Stewart was 3.4 yards per carry. Christian McCaffrey was 3.7 yards per carry. I bet at the end of the day, Cam Newton averaging 5.4 yards per carry on 139 attempts made them look like they had a solid running game. But, in reality, they really did not at all. Yeah, I think McCaffrey goes from borderline number one running back to mid-range number two in standard. Okay. C.J. Anderson or Sony Michelle? Michelle. Yeah, More Michelle. upside with Michelle. Yeah, right. Okay, C.J. Anderson or uh, for not for Dave, but for Jamie and and uh, Heath, right? Marshawn Lynch. Or C.J. Anderson? Yeah, still Marshawn. All right. Carry-on Johnson or C.J. Anderson? I'll take carry-on. Yeah, I will. Uh, I'll take carry-on as well. It's because of the upside, right? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Carry-on. Darius Geis or Christian McCaffrey, standard scoring? Oh, McCaffrey. 
Yeah, still McCaffrey. I, I don't think this really crushes him that much, to be honest with you. Again, they were going to give the work to the, prior to this, they were talking up artist pain. You know, I mean, it, they, they were going to give somebody carries. But does it set a ceiling of what he did last year? Not like, a can we expect him? If that's to what get it was, more? then that's not horrible. Right. That's still a top 15 fantasy running right. back. But it takes away the potential of, you know, monster numbers. You know, you're not going to get that from him. But right? it also could help him because who knows if he's physically able to do what may, he may have been asked to do. But if he's not physically capable of doing that, Christian McCaffrey, then I think he's going to be pretty disappointing in standard scoring leagues. I think a really interesting one in standard is McCaffrey or McKinnon now. But, but uh, yeah, I think McKinnon is probably better. But I, I think you're just, I, again, if, if the floor of what he did last year, which is 15th, and again, that's you know. That's not the floor though. That's not the floor because, look, but, we have, but, we have but, all yeah, these rookie the running. Now. Yeah, that, I, I don't, I don't like view it that way. Maybe I'm saying the wrong thing, but I, I don't think that he's going to be worse if he gets the same amount of work. And I expect him to get more work. Yeah, I hope. And I'm saying work. he's. I don't think he gets much more work now if he's got C.J. Anderson. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. Being, if I agree with you know, in on more carries, you think he's going to get more carries than McCaffrey, assuming they all stay healthy. I, I, maybe. I mean, he was so good catching the ball that he had Christian McCaffrey had about 1,100 total yards. That's pretty good. We only had 435 rushing. He's a different kind of running back than what we've evaluated in the past. You know, he basically makes all of his hay in the passing game. Um, but it scares me a little bit. Like a guy who had two rushing touchdowns last year, 3.7 yards per carry, if he's not going to be a better runner and get more work, it's a little scary, a little scary. Might be one of those guys where you just don't, you know, you struggle every week in a standard scoring league. Do I start him? Do I sit him? I th- the matchup doesn't really matter because he makes big plays in the passing game. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like just kind of a tough, tough guy to gauge. Yeah, if he's averaging though 35 yards a game on the through the air, I, I don't care if they're coming on the ground or in the air. If he's averaging 60, 70 yards a game and he's scoring seven or eight touchdowns, he's gonna be good. Yeah, the touchdowns are gonna matter, but can you can you expect five receiving touchdowns? You you might. If he catches 75 passes, yes. Yeah, I mean, for most running backs, I'd say five receiving touchdowns is gonna be hard to hard to duplicate. But McCaffrey, maybe not. Maybe it's gonna happen. Can he get you eight total touchdowns? I would expect that. Yes. I'm, I won't. I'll, I'll take the under. He had seven last year. Okay. So, thank you guys. Good stuff. We'll do more draft leftovers later uh, in the week on our Thursday show, likely Thursday. Your last chance to get into the podcast league by telling me if you have got five or more right in the contest. Now let's finish the show with some emails. Kip from Myrtle Beach said, these two rookies – Remind, oh, I think he, this was about, uh, Alvin Kamara and Kareem Hunt. So, Kamara and Hunt remind me of a keeper decision I had 10 years ago. See if you can guess the players and who you would have kept. Player A and player B. Okay, player A and B both had 1200, about 1250 rushing yards, 1250, right around there, rookie season. Both averaged either 4.8 or 4.9 yards per carry. Both had nine touchdowns. One had 377 receiving yards. One had 260 receiving yards. They both had one receiving touchdown. So, I mean, you look at player A and player B in their rookie season. Monster years. About 1,500 total yards. 10 total touchdowns. 4.8, 4.9 yards per carry. Almost identical stats. One of them in year two had 437 rushing yards. The other in year two had 2,006 rushing yards. So can you guess who they were? 
Well, one was Chris Johnson. One was Chris Johnson. He was player B. Player A had 437 rushing yards, three touchdowns, and 417 receiving yards, four receiving touchdowns in year two. He was a total bust, and I remember taking him like with a the number 12 overall pick or something that year, I believe. So this was 2009, I want to say. It was Steve Slayton. So, yeah, right? This is fun. So Kip wants to know, any chance Kareem Hunt or Alvin Kamara becomes Steve Slayton? I don't think there's any chance they become Steve Slayton. I do think there's a little bit of risk with Kamara not scoring touchdowns at the rate he did. And I don't think you can expect him to be as efficient on a per-touch basis as he was. Like his yards per carry, his yards per reception are both much higher than what you should expect for him in his second year. Did you say Kamara or Kamara? Because I think you had the wrong guy. Kamara. That's Kamara, though. Kamara. Like the car. Kamara. <laughs> uh, yeah, Dave, Jamie, any thoughts? Hunt, who's got more bus potential, Hunter or Kamara? Kamara. Jamie? Yeah. Okay. Thank you for the email, Kip. Fun blast from the past. So Steve from Philly says, Dear Clark, Ty, Irwin, and Dusty. Griswolds? Can't be. I think these are... Clark and Dust? No, the, it's th- Rusty, not Dusty. I think these are uh, Chevy Sh- Chevy Chase or Chevy Chase characters. Clark Griswold, Ty from Caddyshack, Dusty Bottoms. Irwin Fletch? Irwin Fletch. Okay, there we Fletcher. go. Fletcher. Fletcher. I'm entering the second year of my Dynasty League. We have large benches, 14 players, so most relevant players are rostered. This is our first rookie draft. I was wondering what approach you take in deciding between drafting rookies or keeping unproven older players. For example, do I hold on to players like Elijah McGuire, Danny Amendola, Trent Taylor, Andy Dalton, or throw them back for the unknown and the potential? Does anybody? It's really hard without knowing like how many players are going to be thrown back and – I'm probably not keeping Danny Amendola. You can probably find a replacement for him and Trent Taylor in the rookie draft. And if not, you've got the supplemental where you might even be able to get one or both of them back if, if it really comes to that. All right, but let's say you're in a PPR league. Do you think that there is a rookie that you can get in the third round of a rookie draft that's going to be better than Danny Amendola this year? I bet against it. I don't know what I expect from Danny Amendola this year. I bet against it this year, but the thing is, you might get a guy who's not so great this year, but in the future could be really good. What's that's Danny Amendola's future like? Right. It's We're not, getting not near the end, right. Yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so is there an answer here, or do we just need more context? Throwback Trent Taylor? He could be good, too. I'd probably keep Trent Taylor over Amendola. Okay. Here's a question from Perplexed in Connecticut. Dear DJ Milk, the picker and the peeper. On today's show, it was indicated, or on, on a previous show, it was indicated that the consensus seemed to be that you would trade the number one pick in Dynasty, I guess that means a rookie draft, for two and four overall, citing last year that Cook and McCaffrey would have been better than just Fournette. Later in the same show, you talked about how Saquon Barkley is likely the second most valuable running back in the Dynasty right now. Those seem totally at odds to me. You wouldn't trade Todd Gurley or Ezekiel Elliott for Darius Geis and Sony Michelle, so why would you even consider doing that for Barkley? 
Just wondering if you could expand on that conversation a bit more. Does that make sense, or do I need to explain that further? Further. No, I think it makes sense. Yeah. So, no, it is a good question. Um, would you trade Saquon Barkley, the number one pick in a rookie draft, for picks two and four? Nope. Heath? I think you probably should. The problem is, like, I do think Barkley's head and shoulders above the rest of these guys, but suggesting that you'd rather have Barkley than pick two and four is suggesting that you are probably a lot better at projecting future value than you actually are. See, it's I, also, I, I, I think if know. there's, you know, what your need is, because if you need two of these guys and they both could end up being top 10 running backs in 2019, you'd rather have that than just the one guy who could be maybe third or even first. Do you guys think that Barkley is as valuable as Gurley or Zeke? He's gonna get there, maybe. Huh. I would, I yeah, I I would definitely not Gurley. I mean, yeah, I I would not put him. I'd put him behind those guys. You put Barkley behind those guys. Yes, I guess I, I well I get let let's see if we can frame it a different way. Would you trade right now Gurley for? Zeke and Hunt. Absolutely. Or David Johnson and Fournette. Sure. Not as sure about the second one. The first one for sure. But I'm, I mean, you know, that, that's kind of what it comes down to because right. you're looking at Gurley versus guys that are in his age range and comparing them to Barkley versus guys in his, you know, draft class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh, tough, but, uh, yeah. I think right. the bigger I, thing I, is I, like I'm with players that have already so. been top three or four at their position, and in redraft leagues, we always talk about how usually the guy that gets the better player wins. When you're talking about players that have not played an NFL game yet, I generally would rather have two of the really good than sure. one great. And, and again, go back to where we were a year ago. I think this was the basis of this conversation. We were saying that Leonard Fournette was Barkley. Slam dunk number one guy. Maybe not the same upside, but slam dunk number one pick in Dynasty. And as we sit here a year later, you would easily take Kareem Hunt and Alvin Kamara for Leonard Fournette. But is that who you're taking it to and for last year? That's No. Okay, so Dalvin Cook and Kareem Hunt was in that conversation, or Cook and McCaffrey. Or, or McCaffrey and Cook, yeah. yeah. Okay, so McCaffrey and Cook. You would uh, take or them. You, huh? could, you could have taken Joe Mixon and Corey Davis. Could have done that too. Yeah. I just think this is a case of a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. And you're getting a stud running back. Well, Barkley's who, not in the hand yet. He's still in the bush. So are all the rookies. Exactly. So I'm just, I'm going to take it based on NFL evaluations. We already know that he was ranked very high on several teams draft boards based on what I saw from him in college and based on what the expectation is and what the workload's going to be. I think this is a no brainer. I think it's crazy. We're even thinking about it. I mean, we're all taking Saquon Barkley in the first round, right? But again, a no, year ago, we were all know, taking right Leonard Fournette. Right on and Fournette was good. I, sure. I, I think Barkley's going to be better than Fournette. Agreed. But. We we were, but he was not the best running back. Fournette was the better prospect than anybody else, and as we said a year later, he was not the best rookie running back. Nope, in not in the first year. Can't take that away from him. Alrighty, guys. Final email, John from Toronto. First year of dynasty. I've been looking into some long-term prospects. I noticed some very interesting parallels between the 2018 Giants and the 2016 Cowboys. Both teams. Drafted a stud running back with an early first-round pick. So this is the, the Zeke Cowboys and the Barkley Giants. 
both teams drafted a backup quarterback in the fourth round. Both teams have or had a stud receiver, with Beckham being arguably way better than Dez was in 2016. Both teams have an aging veteran quarterback who has been with the team for a long time. And it looks like Kyle Laletta is maybe one to two years away from being handed the keys to a powerhouse offense, even less if there's, there's some sort of freak injury. So I think what he wanted to know was, is Laletta uh, a sleeper, a long-term sleeper prospect, uh, Giants quarterback who they drafted in the fourth round? And I would I say, Giants talk. I would say, don't discount Davis Webb from that discussion. But it's actually kind of interesting because they are set up to have a pretty good offense going forward. No, look, if I had read that two years ago, you would have said, "Ah, it's Cowboys talk." It would have been about that. Well, I wouldn't have said that, but um, I think there are a lot of parallels between the two. I'm, not, I don't think this is Dak Prescott. You also, you also have a situation where, and, and I know Eli's getting older, but he doesn't miss games. Romo has missed games, and he was coming off injury-plagued seasons prior to getting hurt with the back problem again. So, you know, I, I think if Dak Prescott was on the Giants right now, he'd still be sitting on the bench. I'm still so pissed that they benched Manning for that one game. I'm so mad about that. What a stupid thing. That's going to go and down not, as And not even for Davis Webb, for Geno Smith. Yeah, I know. Like, unbelievable. For Geno Smith. They ruined his streak for that. All right, well, look, we're we're looking. We're at this point in the off season. We're looking for dynasty talk. We're uh, we're looking for long term kind of sleepers. So I thought that was an interesting email. So thank you for the email, John from Toronto. And I think what would be fun, maybe on our next show, maybe we do like a top twelve, like a first round for a startup dynasty league. I am. Uh, that's that's what I'm doing this week. Actually, is dynasty rankings. So all right. So maybe we'll wait, wait for you next week when you come back on. How's that sound? That sounds great to me. And well, that depends. Are you going to be working? Because you you don't know if you're working or not. Who me? Yeah. Because I might take one day off this week when I when yeah. we don't have a during, show schedule. During baseball season. Isn't it? it is. Yeah. Uh, so thank you for. Oh, now I'm all flustered. Somebody else end the show, please. Na 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 na. Nah. Nah.